Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Raptors. Let's get a crack. Presented by Flex Car. Let's go. Season four. Do you remember discussions? Let's talk a little basketball here. Yes. Who told you? Who do you think he's talking to? He's going to make the right play. I like winning. Are you rubbing that in? Yeah, I am. (laughs) It was a damn parade around there. It's a brotherhood. That's how you're going to be able to be successful. You know, there's no culture like the Boston Celtics culture. What's up, everyone? This is Mark D'Amico. I just want to say thank you for giving us a listen or a watch. And please do not forget to rate, subscribe, or review us. We appreciate you giving us a listen. And here's the next episode of View from the Raptors, behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics, presented by FlexCar. All right, trade deadline is Thursday at 3 o'clock. We figured we'd bring you in and give you a little primer ahead of the deadline, see what the Celtics could do, see what they've got in the cupboard. But first and foremost, before we get into that, I want to recall some stories. I mean, we've all got stories of living through the deadline on the road. You don't think people road, want primers? You don't think people like to be educated? They don't want primers. Oh, we're going to educate. Fifth grade, we will educate. putting stuff on the on the big board and stuff you guys, like that. You guys want us to put images up on the screens? No, we won't do that. But let's start out talking about some of our best memories from the trade deadline because there there have been some crazy ones. I know you you've been around for a while. You've I do seen just a lot. Say you've heard a lot. I'm grateful that we are not the ones on the trading block and that that is not <laughs> well, something that we know. have to think Maybe about that's next that's as a, we're going CBA. through our daily lives that's the next cba it's like you can trade broadcasters you can trade and be like whoa would you be like oh grandy and max just got traded to oklahoma <laughs> city for you know what i'm be like what, what it happened? used to be a bag of balls now it's the broadcasters well i think that's an upgrade but I- <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the story that comes to mind for you when you think about trade deadlines and just like craziness behind the scenes that you remember i don't know if there's just one i mean there's a lot of sitting in for some reason it feels like we were on the road a lot and in the the west like yes that was it was the trip coming out of christmas break well not break but coming out of christmas and the holidays we would always head out west and i just remember always being in la in the hotels that have these huge rooms they're so nice and having to find a place to talk to either brad stevens or danny ainge after the deadline passes yeah in the old and olden days there was the february road trip this is the trade deadline was later it was after the all-star game the all-star game would be played and we would always go out west and you'd be in one of these hotels and i i had i remember being in uh, it was in san francisco in the lobby talking to kendrick perkins and Perkins has just come back from his injury, and we're you know we're talking. There's always rumors, so you're not really. There are so many rumors now, particularly in the social media age. You tend to tune out a lot of them. So 
I just depending remember, on who has sure. has said the rumor, but right? also for our sanity, because yeah. the Celtics for so many years, because they had so many assets and because they had so many valuable players, were in every in single rumor. <laughs> right. It was. It became too much. Yeah. yeah. Part, you know. So you're talking to Perk in the lobby, and then you go upstairs, and five minutes later, he gets traded. And there are are moments like that. Remember, as we approach this trade deadline, and everyone gets all geared up for it, Brad's second year. The whole year was a trade deadline. As a coach. Brad's second year as a coach. A second year as a coach. Yes. Yeah. Every day was the trade deadline because there were guys coming in and out. We played a highlight uh, at halftime coming out. We're doing, you know, you did these reliving the green, great moments in Celtics history on the anniversary on this day. And we played a highlight from 2015. And in the highlight, which is a 20 or 25 second highlight, it was Tayshaun Prince over to Jameer Nelson <laughs> to Jared Selinger. I'm like, what? Wow. And it's like my voice. And I didn't even You're remember. Like, Wait, that happened? Those guys, right. Those guys were all. Celtics, but in the 2015 year, Abby, you know, it was insane all the time, every day. And we were at the field house in Indianapolis and Brad does his regular pregame media because he was always the king of, of Indianapolis. And you're talking about, oh, Eli still Lilly. Is. And yeah. right, he yeah. still is uh, the safest I've ever felt in my life running since I've become like a guy who runs every day outside was running in Indianapolis. I would run with Brad. And I've never felt safer in my life than when I did that because I knew in Indianapolis a car would swerve rather than take out Brad Absolutely. Stevenson, like go right into a tree or a telephone pole or something like that. But in 2015, he does his regular you know, pregame media, and then we go back to do our pregame thing. And it's a 30-second, 45-second walk back to the locker room. And in that time, I'm glancing down, and Jeff Green – Traded, like more guys that were guys that had been coming in and out of the room for a couple of weeks. And I knew that Brad didn't know. And we're about to, st- and I'm like, you may want to call Danny. <laughs> and he did. And there were literally players shooting around on the court pregame that were about to be traded. Some of which were play. starters, right? Some of, some of <laughs> whom were starting that night. That's how crazy that year was. So, yeah, over Well, and Brad hadn't of, even had a chance to talk to the players about it. Of course and not. Right. By the time locker room opened, we had locker room access. We were walking in. And as reporters, we were telling guys what the trade was and who was going to be available to <laughs> you tonight. And who exactly. <laughs> right. Brad was trying to call everyone into his office who was going to be on the move, yeah. but everyone else was just sitting at their lockers, shell shocked. Like, hey, what is going on? Everybody who's a Celtic, stand up and take one step. Not so fast. Not, not so much you. Like, yeah. Right. You go back. Yeah. You can sit right. back down. Which is strange because the deadline is usually three o'clock, right? And games are usually not until seven, seven thirty. Yep. For some reason, I can't remember. Was it five o'clock that year that it overlapped a little bit, and in some of the trades actually got pushed back a little well, bit? Well, the Jeff Green one wasn't at the trade deadline. That was the uh, year yes, which it was, it was leading up to it. The, it was leading up to yeah, it. Yeah, as I said, every day was. But there was one. I might have been the perk trade where we were in Denver, and they set it up on Thursdays. It was a th- it used to be a Thursday yeah. at five o'clock when you were resuming after the All Star break, and most teams. Or it would start again and play on Friday. But the Thursday game, or maybe the Tuesday game, whatever it was, that was the nationally televised TNT game. So four teams had to play. The idea was that you shouldn't be playing on that day. Yeah, right. But we were playing that night in Denver, and it was a completely makeshift lineup. And we had you know guys coming in and out of the room, and guys who weren't playing. And uh, you know we got killed that night, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Is well, that the one that like you remember the most? What I remember is that with Danny... Not many trades were done at the deadline. Yeah, so that's right. Bingo. We had a lot of trade deadline specials on NBC Sports Boston that <laughs> yeah. were so hour-long shows filled <laughs> yeah. with. And that's what I remember. 
I don't remember a specific trade or player. What I remember is being on a roof in Los Angeles at this hotel, and I had bought a dress from Filene's basement in Phoenix, where we were the stop before, that was $10. And I stepped off of a step, and the entire back of my dress ripped open. Oh, no. And we had an hour-long show in about 15 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. So we duct taped the back of my dress together, and I talked for a long time about moves no moves that were made. <laughs> moves that could have been made, moves that maybe were almost there, but nothing happened. And the whole time I'm standing on the roof in a That never happened to me, dress. by the way, once. So, you never had never, I've dress never ripped my dress That's my once. memory I, I of the trade deadline. That. I don't believe that. But it's interesting that you bring that up because I wanted to mention that is that when Danny was president of basketball operations for the Celtics, he always used to say, you don't get your best value at the deadline. You get your best value in the off season. And so to your point, he never really made big trades at the deadline. We've already seen Brad Stevens make one with getting Derek White coming to town. Um, last year, we can look back on it now, but last year he acquired Mike Muscala to try to kind of shore up the edges of, of, the, uh, of the roster. But Brad, to me, is in a position now where the Celtics are on the cusp of potentially winning a championship, right? Like there's no question everyone... If you ask anyone, the Celtics are probably the odds-on favorite at this point in the they season. are the number one team in the league. Yes, and, and by a decent chunk. Uh, and so he's at the point now where he's going all in, right? We've already seen it with him acquiring Drew Holiday, with him acquiring Christos Porzingis. And now I think the way that he approaches it, as opposed to Danny when he was trying to build to get to this point, is Brad is like, we're all in. So if there is something that can just nudge us forward just a tiny bit, I'm going to do it. I mean, that's that's at least how I look at no it. No question. And he has said that that is where his mindset is. I think what we have to keep in mind is that with this team, the way it is, and you guys can weigh in on this, and Joe Mazzula has been very vocal about this, is he feels like the fit is just right. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the chemistry off the floor and the way these guys get along, but also on the floor and everyone their games, everyone knowing their roles, completely buying into that and willing to sacrifice and understanding that everything that you're doing is for the better of the team. And so to really make any sort of seismic trade, number one, they don't really have the assets and we can get into that. But number two, Whoa, would throw the balance do. completely out of whack on this team. And I don't, I'm not sure that's something you want to mm -hmm. do that, as you have said, yep. is a bona fide championship mm -hmm. contender. Yeah, it's going to be defined You're assets, me the side right? Eye, Sean, well, that's not the, I'm not giving you the side eye. I know it's it's defined assets and what right. is what is a, a sexy asset and what is not. But if you think back to historically when the Celtics have been a championship contender, I mentioned the Perk one, 2011 when the Celtics had Shaq, that was on the fringe of it. You were trying to make a I decision about that, that team. One, when well, that one a, happened, a lot of people yeah. were, and it's really it's a division. The new Big Three era, which I I named it. If the six years you divide it, it's got three parts. It's got the pre-Garnett injury, in which they were historically dominant team. Mm -hmm. After the Garnett injury, until the Perk trade, in which they were good, and obviously had the you know had the run in 2010 and That's went when to the I finals. Started when and he then got the, injured. Oh yeah, funny hey, yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's me. I'm the problem. Two things. Mm -hmm. But after the after the Perk trade, it's we reminisce fondly about that time. But the Celtics are so much better now and have been in the last few years than they were at the end of the new Big Three era, they were essentially a 500 team from the point of the perk trade till 2013. And that 2013 Celtics team, as I've often said, was less of a team than it was a basketball museum. It was like, hey, come see Kevin Garnett and Paul <laughs> Pierce in their natural state, but they weren't really a contending team. If you think back to 08 and 09, there were always Ray Allen rumors that never happened. But for the most part, 
It was, can you add buyout guys? Can you mm-hmm. add little pieces to what you already have? And given the extraordinary restrictions the Celtics are under. This year. Th- this year. Being up and against forward, the, yeah. the second apron. And let's not give anybody a popsicle headache about the second apron <laughs> and what it all means. But the Celtics are really pinned. They do have assets, right? The, they do have draft picks where they can get in on maybe some other people's action here, which is, I think is where this is going, you know, as we head to the trade deadline. Mm. But we know that the six-pack is not getting moved. Mm-hmm. And that is the only, that's the only seismic thing you could do is move one of those guys, and it's not going to happen. So uh, you have to, if you're Brad Stevens, be on the periphery and make your deals just as Danny did at other times, Holiday, Porzingis, you mentioned trades at odd times. The Rondo trade mm-hmm. was in the middle of December. December. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's the standby and watch. That's another element that I find really interesting about this trade deadline and this season is that a lot of the big names have already moved mm-hmm. from Terry Rozier, who we just saw in Miami, to Bruce Brown, who now is available and mm-hmm. probably could move again. But Pascal Siakam and we already Ananobi. saw the deal and OG Ananobi out of the Raptors. And so mm-hmm. – there really is, I think, only one major asset left out there. And and then I think it's kind of teams just maneuvering around there. I, I And I don't know what that means for the Celtics and mm-hmm. how they play into the bigger picture other than, like you said, facilitating deals. You know why that's critical is because the angst among Celtics Nation this week is going to be not what are the Celtics going to do, what are the other teams who you are competing with going to do. And uh, it's impossible to say now. they are. But look, I believe you're going to look back and say the Sixers, for example, or the Bucks, not getting, not that the Bucks could do it, but the Sixers could have, not getting Siakam, not getting Ananobi, the guys that have already moved, that is going to be significant because they went to teams and they made those teams better. But I don't think that those teams are championship contenders right now. And they didn't go to the teams that maybe posed the biggest threat the Celtics in 2024. I love the point that you made a couple minutes ago about kind of getting in on other people's action. And essentially, that's what Brad Stevens did with Drew Holiday, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. the the Blazers took Drew Holiday in in the trade with the Bucks so that the Bucks could get, could get Damian Lillard. And then Brad swoops in and says, okay, you don't want him, I'll try to get him, right? So I think what you're getting at here is if another big trade happens and there has to be salary filler moving around from one team to another, Brad... If, if one of those teams in a three-way trade or something like that doesn't necessarily want or need a player who is salary filler, Brad could swoop in and say, oh, that player could help us. Is, is that essentially what you're getting at? It here? is, plus you've got the second-round picks to move yep. around and, and things like that to get involved in other people's deals. And you, again, what I'm talking about with Siakam and Ananobi not going to those teams is the same feeling Bucks fans had. Oh, man, I, really, I hated to give up Drew Holiday, but, man, we got Damian Lillard. We made the big move. I'm sorry, Drew's going where now? Yeah. That's <laughs> worst what you, case that was the worst-case scenario for Bucks fans, and that's what, as a Celtic fan, you have to be more – in a year of unprecedented offense in the NBA, as a Celtics fan, you're more concerned about playing defense at the trade deadline and you know making sure the other teams you're competing with can't make significant moves or don't make significant moves. Just real quick, though, on Media Day, that was my favorite moment, was Brad Stevens and the smile that he got on his face (laughs) talking about when they realized, because they'd been planning on it, but when they realized that Drew Holiday was available and just... He knew they had been prepared. They were waiting for this moment, and the fact that they got to pounce, it was... It was like he acquired his son. So exciting. Yeah, well, <laughs> he was, was. Yes. Listen very, to very so proud. many teams, so many coaches around the league talk about Drew Holiday, and you know why. The same way they talk about Derek White. Mm-hmm. You know, another player that Brad was able to acquire, but uh, this is... This and that's is, something that I keep in mind, too, is that Brad... I feel like when he traded for Derek White, 
especially around here in Boston, no one knew who he was. Totally underrated. I remember absolutely, and and still is. Maybe the most <laughs> Somehow, underrated player in the NBA. Not top 100. As we continue to say. <laughs> but I remember I was driving in my car and I um, heard the trade announced. And breaking news, that's, that's it, how I'm I I'm glad that we're on, yep. there's on you, a YouTube <laughs> yes. component of this. So just so for those car. of you who choose <laughs> the old school exactly audio way of listening to a podcast. Hands on the wheel at 10 Abby just did the wheels on the bus go round and round. I remember where I was. I was on the on-ramp to get on to 93 North coming out of North Station, I think. It was that big of a moment. I remember hearing it. I was like, yes, Derek White. And it, I heard a first round pick and everyone on the radio immediately was like, pick. are you kidding me? Yeah. He's already giving up first round picks. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and it has been. And I feel good about that. But I think that that's something that Brad has shown he is able to do is kind of find and turn over those diamonds in the rough. And, and guys that we may not know or think or put immediately with the Celtics, but I feel like Brad and his staff do a really good job of finding those guys. And here's the, the point at the deadline. Brad and Mike Zarin, there's an entire group of people whose brains are prepared for all of these different scenarios as they unfold. And you think of it as, oh my gosh, there's a trade deadline. Everybody's scrambling. The elite teams are not scrambling. Mm-hmm. Everybody is prepared for these moments. When the story is eventually told, there'll be an oral history written one day of the Porzingis trade, right? And how where there's Brogdon and they're smart and then it all falls apart. You have to be prepared. It's almost like the ball coming to you in the final seconds. You're not in that moment thinking, what do I do? You've been preparing your whole life for the ball to come to you in the final second so you can take that shot. You've been preparing all year and running the same play so that when the play is called and you you need a bucket in the final two seconds of a playoff game, you've been through it a lot. And that's what happens when the clock ticks down and there's all these different scenarios and things that go different ways. You are prepared for it the way the Celtics had always been prepared to take a shot to get Porzingis. And, yeah, the clock's ticking down. you got to make a decision. His contract's going to go at midnight. Okay, we're going to do this because this is what we've discussed and prepared and planned to do. Two things that we've mentioned just now in the last few minutes that I think really need individual call-outs. Number one, the Derek White trade. That, to me, was the beginning of me saying, okay, Brad really knows what he's doing. <laughs> like, trust in oh, Brad. Like, yeah. he knows – how to acquire players that are not only going to play better than a lot of people think they are, but also are going to complement the team's best players. And then the second thing is that he is not afraid of giving away draft capital in order to improve the team and get closer to a championship. You mean and after I'm, a generation of stockpiling draft picks as if you were, you were going to go and, use them and in listen, yard sales to the, to the defense of Danny, and I'm not saying that he, no, there's it, any trades that he should have made, but he, he did not value the players that could be acquired – higher than the picks that were going out. And as we know, Jason Tatum and Jalen situation. J- right. Absolutely. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown wound up being those huge draft assets that he did not give away. And now the Celtics. But as you're speaking, I mean, some of the most, I mean, some of the best history, colored history are the deals that didn't get done. <laughs> and I'm thinking of <laughs> no, that. Okay. We could write day. a book on the right. set about the trades that didn't happen. Of Danny and, and the stories of, Willing to give up, what was it, like seven round, yeah. seven first round picks to get Frank Kaminsky <laughs> from the yes, Charlotte right. Hornets? And they said, no, we yeah. won't do that. That's insane. But Thank such you, a good thing you know that, 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 is? That, that, it, that ended up happening. It's so funny the road not taken because it was Justice yes. Winslow that they wanted, yeah. yes. right? And and it's because Michael they Jordan, wouldn't give up Frank Kaminsky. Jordan wanted Kaminsky, so he wouldn't make that move. And then you end up with Terry Rozier anyway and looked how... All that stuff worked out. And again, yeah. it is sometimes the best deals you make are the ones you don't. But yes. what the sea change from Danny was, huge buzz around the trade deadline. 
monster buzz. This guy's going. That guy's going. This is going to happen. Then nothing happened, and you stockpile draft picks. And with Brad, no rumors, no nothing. And from the day he got here, which was announced by press release when uh, the when. Abby was eating at that restaurant. I know exactly. Drinking a margarita. We all know where you were, (laughs) right? When that happened, because we know that story. Brad's entire run here from being named coach to being named GM, right, and and team president were done by press release in the age of Woj and Shams and everything being broken online. And it's been the opposite of Danny, where there's no rumors. And then all of a sudden, I'm sorry, what just happened? Derek White just got traded. You just traded a first round pick. And. You know, Brad going into the cupboard of picks that <laughs> Danny had stored and yeah. said, I, I don't want that. I don't like that outfit. I don't like that outfit. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. I want that. But it's also where the, where the team is. Danny was building up. They were inadvertently working together. Yeah. You yeah, know, almost cosmic. Really well, point. and that's what I was going to say is at that time, I don't think that those rumors or leaks were coming from the Celtics. They were coming from other entities. Number yeah. one, trying to drive up prices because that's what you have to remember mm-hmm. at this yeah. time is always think about the angle. But – also, just that, like we talked about, the Celtics had the treasure trove of assets. So everyone just assuming that they'd be willing to do all these things. And in reality, I mean, Danny was not going to do a deal that wasn't good for the Celtics. Yeah. Patience is a virtue, right? And now it's gotten the <laughs> Celtics. Everyone said he waited too long and then, of course, made what history made. We're still 10, 15, 20 years away now from what the – Brooklyn trade is actually going to be when we it's like the Patriots dynasty you can't really appreciate it until decades go by but as I said the other night we just passed the anniversary of Kevin McHale's number being retired in Boston and he is now has a great chance to become the second most important McHale in Celtics history because Mikhail Prokhorov is the guy that made this deal <laughs> that <laughs> gave the Celtics all these picks. I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, I, I was like, but it was worth it, right? Well, we got nodding my head. I'm, like, I'm sure he's, he's going got, somewhere. He's got somewhere. Okay, that all makes sense. Mark, let's lay it out, though. What assets do the Celtics have yeah, this I think year? The, there's a long list of them. And really, when you look around the league and you look at all the other teams that are in the conversation just to potentially win the championship – it's strange, but the Celtics actually have the most assets in terms of draft picks. So they have all of their draft picks in the first round uh, up until 2030 outside of 28 and 29. Those have been claimed. Um, so they can trade two or three first rounders and, and they can also trade swaps. Um, and then they've got up to 10 second rounders. One Ooh. of them is unlikely to convey, and this is up until 2030. But so you're talking about a lot of draft capital at that point. And Brad has kind of insinuated at times that those second rounders can really be valued. In fact, he came on this podcast in a bonus episode last season right after the draft, and he spoke about that. So let's actually take a listen to what Brad said right after the draft about acquiring a bunch of second rounders. I mean, we've seen the value of second round picks, specifically at the trade deadline, of being used in trades. And they're more valuable than ever. And to be quite candid, we were pretty bare. You know, I think we had one in 26 and one in 30 before last night. And now we go into the rest of the summer with six future second round picks. Um, and again, those are not, those are not like when I was a coach, I was like, second round picks, are you kidding me? I'm sure the fans are like, what the hell is he doing? But you can use those to move the needle. And that's all that we want to be able to do. And we feel like we're at a age and stage where we need to be able to balance having appropriate draft assets with chasing this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we've got some some ammunition to give us a chance to chase some things. Yeah, and you're talking about value, right? Like those second rounders have value. Yeah. How can it's, you explain 
how much more valuable those might be now heading into this new CBA yeah. than maybe what they were even a well, couple years ago. There's a second ago. round exception that gives you some benefits in signing a player that that is that it makes it more valuable. But I also just think, you know, it's you know, anytime you're talking about draft picks, you're either slotted in the draft compensation in the first round or the second round is, you know, it's not going to be um, huge high salaries that you know we all have to navigate with the second apron and all the limits it's going to put on us with regard to tools. Um, so I think that that's, a, that's an important factor in all of this. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Mark, you know what I thought when I found out Flexcar was going to be our new sponsor? No, what'd you think? I don't know. I don't know what I thought. Neither did I, but then I went and checked it out. And? And it's basically a car subscription, and you choose the mileage package that fits you best, and that's it. Okay, yeah, cool. It, it's, it's honestly pretty cool. And it includes roadside assistance 24-7, car insurance, and maintenance. It's all included. In one bill? All in one bill. The only thing that is not included is the gas you put in the tank. And on top of that, it's cheaper. It's like 10 to 20% cheaper than buying or leasing a car. And what are you doing right now? I'm finding my next car. All right. Well, if you're doing that, make sure you use the code RAFTERS mm. and you'll get 100 free miles when you sign up. So, Sean, when you hear Brad talking about second rounders like they're gold at this point in time with this new CBA, <laughs> what goes through your mind? That I don't have to talk to him for 10 minutes before every game anymore <laughs> that we did for, for nine years, That's a eight years. Um, for him or for you? For both of us. I think we both got to the point where we were texting other people while we were having doing the pregame <laughs> thing. It was like, you know, it, it got so, uh, so husband and wife. I think that... Again, second round picks are not sexy, but they are they're the new first round mm-hmm. picks, right? It's the it's the new black. It uh are what teams are looking to acquire because the Celtics are one of the models now that other teams are looking at as to how to build. And CBA has changed 
everything as far as the limitations in the future, what you can pay first-round picks. And again, to make a long story short, second-round picks are easier to get out of those contracts if you need to. So second-round picks become popular. Scouting isn't what it was. There's more international players. I think more gem-type players are slipping into the second round. So that has, that has certainly changed. In the olden, olden, olden days, you knew what the first round was going to look like. Like you knew who the top 10, 15 players were coming out of the draft. And if a guy slipped into the second round, eh, it's probably Mm -hmm. someone who isn't going to make it. Those odds have changed too. So, and and trying to guess which franchises are going to be going for it in the next couple of years, which cupboards might be dry. A second round pick, you know, could be early in the second round and late in the first round. Obviously, it's not that great a difference. So you're gambling on things and second round picks don't sound great until you actually are making it and you're drafting big baby to play with the championship team. <laughs> but here's the value of second rounders and and really they're valuable to the Celtics for two reasons, right? Like number one, they are draft capital that you can actually draft players on cheaper contracts. They're non guaranteed most of the time. Yeah. So for a team that has a lot of money at the top of their salary cap dedicated to four, five, six players, and it's only going to go up in the next couple of years, adding guys who have upside uh, who could develop into something at a low cost, that's valuable. But then also, as we're talking about right now, other teams are going to be looking at trying to acquire those so that they can acquire players that are on low money contracts and are not guaranteed and whatnot. So to me, it's value either way. If they keep those second rounders or if they turn them into something long term, it's value either way. There's value. It's like Sean says, it's just it's just not sexy. So I do want to talk about, I feel like Grant Williams continues to give. Yeah. We do yeah. still have the trade exception yep. from his sign and trade with Dallas, which amounts 6. to 6.9 million, I believe. 6.8, 6.9. say 6.3, but yes. So there is a way for the Celtics to actually acquire another body, and they do have the open roster spot. Yeah. But as we've talked about, I'm just not sure that's really... And the trade, the... um. The exception that the Celtics have with that Grant Williams thing essentially goes away after this if they don't make a move. And so now is the time. Yeah, you, I actually think you're right. I think it is 6.3 6. million. And then the other one, they have another one that's about 1.8, 1.9 million from the uh, Justin Jackson trade last year. Which you can't combine, kids. You, you cannot combine. To know all of these Because rules. they're in <laughs> the second grow, apron. You might nor, grow up yeah. to be a president of a team one day. Nor can you combine a trade exception with a player salary Correct. going out. So that just can't happen. Um, but no, you make a really good point that the Celtics have an open roster spot. They have a trade exception. They have all these second rounders. I personally, in addition to yes, exactly. the draft capital, I would be shocked if that 15th roster spot does not get filled personally. That's how I feel. Uh, well, I, I mean, I eventually they're going to have to give it to Nemius Keita. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. he's using up all of his yeah, two way days. He's, a, yeah. he's almost halfway there in terms of how many games he could play this year. But yeah, I, I am under the assumption that that 15th spot is going to be dedicated to someone because Brad Stevens wants to lengthen the roster as much as possible for whatever might happen the rest of the season. But you keep it open now to have the flexibility. Exactly. And there's buyout guys too, and the Celtics actually have a limitation as to who they can sign (laughs) buyout-wise. That's a new thing. In the old days, you get, oh, listen, Sam Cassell's out there. You know, you get Gary Payton back. Now you're you're limited. It can't be a player at Michael Finley. It can't be too high a salary. There's an amazing amount of players, you're just throwing out names, that – People are going, wait a minute, that guy played for the Celtics. Yeah, that guy played for the Celtics. Barely. But yeah, so it's 12.4 million or under. 
Blake Griffin back. Yeah, yeah. As far as, and that's the other thing. He's just he resting can, up, playing golf yep. right now, kicking his feet up, and then gets a call. I mean, it's possible. Bring the excitement of bus one. <laughs> you guys, I rode bus one for the first time ever, I think, uh, on this last road trip. Really? And it is electric. Why did it take Those you that long to go on bus one? Because they one get there eight early. hours before the game. It is that's so why. early. Yes. <laughs> why were you I'm on bus one? usually doing my hair and makeup. We uh, were grabbing Al Horford off the bus, and okay. Al now takes bus one. So, that's, that's eight more hours to tear your dress. Exactly. And, and I mean, then why take the I chance? I mean, this is breaking life news. Going on. I Can know. you take us inside so, bus one? This is, right? Please, right I, now. I honestly don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Oh, come on. Yes, you are. <laughs> of what we're allowed to talk about. Um, so in case people don't know, there are three buses typically that go from the hotel to the arena. Bus one is the earliest, obviously. And then bus two and three are a yep. little more reasonable as far You're as getting there guy? about two hours before I get, game yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's a certain amount of privilege. After a certain amount of years, I became a bus three guy. I'm like, yeah, get there and do the job. And just scoot in right after Joe finishes, yeah, with TV and then get That's the video right. interview in there. Um, so I rode bus one. And it's also the bus that almost the entire staff and coaching staff takes so there's a lot of people on the bus. I had to get a special exception to even get on the bus. And the only reason I made it is because some guys had to go over even earlier. So they took Ubers. So there happened yeah. to be a seat available because um, you don't double up. On Imagine the being That's an Uber just, driver driving NBA players. I, I mean, all I, other you got to order being the one that became, It wasn't Matt Ryan. Didn't he, become yeah. a, he, was yeah. a, he became one. He was an Uber, <laughs> an Uber driver that became he's, an NBA player. He's been on both player. sides. Yeah. Uh, so I was on bus one and, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, the players always sit in the back of the bus. It's just how it's always been, but they do get off first. You have to wait for them. Um, and it was just, you could hear Luke Cornett cracking jokes the entire time. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's on that bus, Sam Hauser, Nimi's Keita. So it, yeah, it's just electric. It was more people talking. I mean, usually, and that's kind of why it was so jarring is because most bus rides are pretty quiet especially you know bus three oh, yeah. after the game after a loss you yeah. can hear a Ooh. pin drop nice and quiet yeah uh, i'd be interested to hear uh hopefully little drop here of knowledge for the rest of the season we're gonna have someone from bus one coming Ooh. on to a future episode Look this at that season. Tease so we have to I find provided. out if bus one this year is living up to the expectations so from last say, year's bus one. Right. You, you didn't get I can't you don't say have what bus sides. one was like last year. Yes, I know this year is <laughs> hey, the loudest bus I've out. ever been. I used to ride an airplane with, uh, we had Big Baby, Nate Robinson. I mean, it got, we, there was some I've crazy. It was, it was like a yeah. club up there. there, the, there was, <laughs> the planes that felt like they could stay up in the air just to, from the energy and the noise. So, yeah, it was bus one long before it was bus one. It was, was a crazy oh Celtics God. plane. Well, think about the plane. Jesus. Well, there was I, a different seating arrangement too, right? It wasn't. Well, we yeah. were all, the, the plane is bigger now. So yeah. we were all more less you know, compressed uh, together. Yeah, less segregated. Yeah. Like the players kind of have their area of the plane now. In the past, like we were right. kind of all mixed together. Right. And it, well, I'll, I'll, I will tell you this we'll save it for a separate podcast another time. But a new Celtics acquisition, it was so wild, walked back to me and said, Is it always like this? And I said, Yeah, it is. And that guy was Shaq. <laughs> so was the wildest of them all. Crazy, exactly. yeah. yeah. My favorite part about those is that when the plane ride ended, that didn't mean the games ended. Nope. Or the hanging nope. out ended. Those guys would go from we, the plane it, the night to was the just bus starting. to the hotel. If you exactly. could get them on the bus, there were times that whatever activity was going on on the plane, we're sitting on the buses waiting to go to the hotel, and you're going, all right, it's like one thirty in the morning, two o'clock, and there's the game the next night, but. 
whatever was going on. Like you had to corral them. It's like, you know, getting kids to like, hey, you got to go to school now. Time to get like time to break up the fun. And that's that's all part of it. We digress a yes. little bit in, into so. the bus and plane situation, but more stuff happened then than it's going to happen. At the trade deadline, which is <laughs> so wild. the deadline's coming up. We, we've <laughs> talked. How you really feel, Sean? We've talked I about. <laughs> we've talked about the assets that the Celtics have. We've talked about the roster spot that's on. By the way, I meant to say earlier when we were talking about the buyout situation. I believe the rule is that the Celtics cannot sign any buyout player who was making more than twelve point four million. Correct. If they were making the under that exception. amount, yeah. if they were making under that amount. Celtics can, the Celtics can bring them in. So keep but a lookout for limiting, that. that's pretty limiting, especially it, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. think about big names. Yeah. There aren't going to be a whole lot of big names available on, on that market, that's for sure, especially to the contenders. Um, but, okay, as we look at this, deadline's coming up Thursday. We know what the Celtics have. We know the roster spot's open. Do you guys think that the Celtics are going to make a move? And if so, what area of the roster do you think can be strengthened? I'm with you in that I think the 15th, the last spot will be filled at some point. I think that at this point, you're thinking about health. We've gone to this stage with the best team in the NBA by far. It's a three or four game gap with everybody else. We all know that's true. But how many nights have there been? You don't have Porzingis. All right, Jalen's not going to play on this night. Allison been playing back-to-backs, obviously not an issue in the playoffs. So you're thinking – about insurance more than anything else. You're thinking about where are, where do you want that extra body? There's going to be a million nights in the regular season when Joe Mazzulla has had to rely on and will have to rely on certain guys off the bench to play 30 minutes. Is, are you comfortable with those guys playing 30 minutes in a playoff game if a, the worst-case scenario happens? Yep. And that's what you have to – we just spent this entire time talking about planning, right? You're planning at the trade deadline for this team doing this or this team doing that. You have to think through. It really feels like, Abby, you've been doing this a long time now. I've never felt a season that feels more like a dress rehearsal for the playoffs than this one, where almost everything that happens is because of the scars of last year and the way it happened. Almost every single thing that happens feels like, all right, what is this going to mean in game four of the Eastern Conference Finals? Well, to me, that's saying something because you were with those championship teams in 09 and 10 and 11. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that... <laughs> <laughs> you want to know why I'm laughing? Because those teams weren't preparing for the playoffs so much as they were just waiting for them <laughs> to get here. And as I've told these guys many times, all in different times individually, the 2010 Celtics invented load management. Yeah, But right. they just did it yep. while playing, while going through the motions of playing games. But they were resting <laughs> for the playoffs. But this team, like you said, because of all the changes that occurred this summer, yeah. they are. They're building towards something, but it is something that everyone knows is coming. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. It does feel much more like an on-ramp, but an on-ramp where there are important lessons and, and this is a foundation that will be built now. And everyone on board understands that. Mm-hmm. I go back to what Brad Stevens said the last time we spoke to him, and that is that his priority is a wing with size. And even at that time, he said that could be from within, and, mm-hmm. and I do look to the Celtics roster and O'Shea Brissett and Lamar Stevens, who was a starter a season ago yep. with the on Cleveland a good Cavaliers. Team. On a good yeah. team. Yes, on a winning team. And, well, it's a playoff team. Yeah. And so those pieces to me are there. When you talk about needing someone to step in or dealing with injuries, heaven forbid, uh, I do look to the bigs. And I feel yeah. like that that is somewhere, if, and it's something that, we keep harking back to Danny, but Danny said that those pieces, those kind of guys are available 
in these situations. And so to me, that's the only place I really feel like needs shoring up that when you look at it and you go night to night and, and, and the Celtics are in a part of the schedule where they are playing a bunch of back-to-backs, a bunch of games in a row, yeah. and you've got to, they're d- doing the smart thing and staggering Al and Kristaps. And I would prefer that. I mean, I, like you said, as we're leading up to the playoffs, sit them the whole time. I don't care. <laughs> I think that but that we is gotta where have the gap I think we need one, one more big first. for those instances to get us to that point with everybody healthy. I think that's right. And not advocating for Blake, but think about Blake last year as the he was the he was the fifth starter. Mm-hmm. He was the knuckleballer, fifth starter, the change of pace guy who you would play for Al on the second night of back to backs. Remember last year the Celtics ran off all those wins in this, on the second night of back to backs. That was Blake starting every one of those games. The guy that they acquired last year, I think, is exactly what you guys are talking about in terms of insurance, in terms of being someone who is reliable Oops. and can be counted on. That's Mike Muscala, yeah. right? That that's who the Celtics a high acquired. High basketball IQ. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he he's he had been in the league for about ten years by the mm-hmm. time he came here. That to me is the type of guy that Brad Stevens is probably going to look for. He's going to want to look for a guy who's been around, a guy who understands what it takes to be successful, and a guy who, if something happens where you need to go to an injury policy and you got to call him in and he's got to be a starter for a game or two games or five games, whatever it is, you know what he's going to bring to the table. So that to me is what I think Brad is probably going to look at. I don't know what position that's going to be. I think that really the only two areas that can be shored up is a big wing who potentially could shoot, but those guys are rare and they cost a lot. Or as you mentioned, Abby is, uh, is the front line, uh, right? Because I think about matchups, Joel Embiid, potentially seeing Nikola Jokic. When you have more big bodies to throw at those guys, it's always going to be a good thing, right? I would say, I would just counter that I feel like if there is a move to be made at this deadline, it will not be for someone who is playing significant minutes in the playoffs. Agreed. Because if Unless it is, then, some, then something has gone terribly are, wrong. Exactly. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be around the edges, right? Yeah. He's going to try to shore up the edges. Which is why the trade deadline, and I'm joking about nothing happening, but maybe you want there are certain guys you're targeting, you want nothing to happen because you want them to be where they currently are <laughs> so that after the trade deadline comes and goes, they might be assets in other trades, they don't get moved, and then they become potential buyout guys. And that's usually how this works. Yep. And also, I think to your point of not wanting guys to get moved, I can think of a few names that are out there right now being rumored that I would not want to wind up on one of the Celtics cont- you know, opposing contenders sure. in the East or even in the West at this point. But... We're going to find out Thursday, 3 o'clock. Who knows what's going to happen? Brad Stevens has had a couple. I'm still excited. He's had two it's deadlines. Trade deadline. And he's made trades at both of them, right? So mm, the odds say two. that he's going to do something, but he's got an open roster spot. He's got a bunch of assets. Let's see what happens. Thursday, 3 o'clock is the deadline. We're going to find out. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.